Avocado Toast. News, politics, and social issues for young people, by young people. How are you doing, Griffin? Um, I'm doing good. You've heard this. I have. <laughs> um, but I am almost... Like, it's official tomorrow that I will have a full-time job. Yay! Yeah, so I I think it's just, like, there needs to be some final, like, they just need to send some final, like, paperwork over to the HR, and then we're supposed to talk, I'm supposed to talk to them tomorrow, and then, and so I'm very excited, and I'm I'm excited about the job, because it's, I did an internship there, and I really like the people, and um, I think it'll be, it's something that I I think I'll enjoy doing. Um, at least, you know, to some degree, uh, it's, you know, close enough to what I want to do, uh, in a place that I, you know, in the kind of place that I would want to do things that I, I think it's a, it's a good starting point. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big news for me. Can you say where you're going to be working or no? I mean, I probably can, but I. Um, yeah, all of our 14 listeners are going to stalk you at the museum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, no, um, so I, I'm going to be, you know, at the Fort Pitt Museum. So, nice. Um, very exciting. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm very excited uh, to sort of, you know, get down to it. And I, I really did, enjoyed interning there. Yeah, so. that's super cool. I moved to Ohio. Um, yes. Griffin is mocking me on the other side of her fucking FaceTime call. He already made fun of me. Well, not made fun of me. He, we ragged on Ohio because it fucking sucks. Um, um yeah. Li- I, the, the thing I always like to say when discussing Ohio is there's more astronauts from Ohio than any other state. Union because there's something about Ohio that makes people want to flee the earth. <laughs> I've never heard you say that one, but that one was really good. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's true. Is there's something? It's like of the you know, hunt you know, I don't know, hundred or so astronauts. I, I don't know an, an actual number. Something like thirty-eight of them are from like, of them are from what Ohio. The there's fuck? a lot of astronauts from. Yeah. There's so many astronauts from wow. Ohio for some reason. That's really interesting. I have no I legitimately have no idea why. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either cuz supposedly the school system here is fucking bad. So, I don't know. Um I can say that it is slightly better than Pittsburgh in this one way, and that is that I have a recycling bin now. Which is great. Um, and maybe my things will good. actually get recycled. I mean, you can probably breathe. I can. It's very green here. Um, which is kind of pretty, but, like, I... It takes me 20 minutes to get to anything resembling civilization. And that's, yeah, that's not even great. Cleveland. Cleveland's 40 minutes. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm really in the middle of nowhere. I could not live there. I'm... I'm you're city folk. I'm too much of a city person. I'm city folk. I, I was I was raised to be city folk. Me as um, well. Oh, and my boss, apparently um, she lived in, like, your area of Philly. I only know that because oh, really? she described it as, like, very liberal and hippy-dippy, and I was like, is there a 
Quaker school around there? And she was like, yes, I bet you I know which one it is that you're talking about. I was like, wow. I was like, I would not know the name of the school, but... Yeah, there, there's two in that area. So there was my school uh, and then our rival school. And we were the hippy-dippy ones. Figures. And they were the preppy mm. ones. Yep, yeah. I think there's no other real updates other than um, we are now hosting on anchor.fm. We're still a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. I just wanted to be able to upload, like, without disturbing um our network head because we always have to do it on her schedule and like i'm not usually prepared when she needs me to be prepared by so i just think it would be it's gonna be better this way um uploads will probably be in the evening on sundays if not earlier who even knows we're recording on a wednesday yeah we might our recording date and upload date might move all around we'll see yeah I, I think this is a little bit, probably a little bit better because uh, just you, we have such like hectic, we've had such hectic summers especially, where it's uh, you know disturbing the network head every time to be like, hey, we're uploading on a weird schedule this week yeah. again. Or to be like, hey, we're not going to um, record for like five weeks or whatever. You know, I mean, she wouldn't care. Sometimes she would yeah. ask us like, um, is there a reason that I haven't seen an episode? And I'd just be like. Yeah, I'm at a conference. Yeah, um, yeah, and so it, it just I think something easier. It's like if if we're uploading it ourselves, we can sort of adjust to that schedule a little bit yep, easier. Yeah, and uh, the same is gonna go for that's a lesbian. If anyone listens to that, um, yeah, it's also gonna um, present a much easier way for the podcast to be monetized. So that is something that will be coming down the pipe. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to start into news. Are you ready? Uh, I am Excellent. ready, yeah. Um, so let's start with the really depressing stuff. Um, is that... Get it out yeah. of the way. Well, okay. So there were two mass shootings in the last week. Um, one in El Paso, um, at a shopping center, uh, it was a shooting being done, or should I say, it was committed, there we go, that's a much better way of phrasing it, the, um, the shooting was committed by a white supremacist who wanted to, like, terrorize and attack, um, Latinx people. So, uh, fuck him. This, uh, resulted in at least 20 people dying as a result of the, um, mass shooting and wounded 26 others. Um, this was at a Walmart in El Paso. Um, the man has since been apprehended and I think... I think he's still alive. My understanding is that he's still... That's alive. interesting. Uh, mostly because uh, there is, I think, significant outrage regarding the way white supremacist mass shooters are treated, uh, as opposed to you know unarmed uh, black people who, in many cases, are just minding their own yeah you know, business. Also, um, usually so, mass shooters get killed. 
while they're being like detained or like in the process of detaining them. So it's yeah, or they or they kill themselves, yeah. and then the the fact that a white supremacist was peacefully detained by police is. I was gonna say no. That that that's the most honest way yeah. of phrasing it. I mean, I'm gonna have to be not saying bullshit when I'm talking about injustices at work. So the podcast is where I'm gonna say bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I. I accidentally swore in a movie theater while watching Toy oh Story yesterday. No. So. Oh my god. Were you in the movie theater um, alone? No. No, there, no, there no, were no. children. No, 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 I mean, who, who did you um, go to the movies with? Oh, I, I, I went to see uh, the new Toy Story movie with um, Mike mm. and Olivia. That's fun. Yeah. So, we have a yeah. two-theater movie theater here in um, Oberlin, and oh. so... Wow, that's so big. Right now, they're showing... (laughs) Remy, stop eating my plant! I'm not familiar with that one. (laughs) This is the movie that I have to fucking live with! Naughty Brat Cat gets put in the cat wiggler. That's what... I'm gonna take a video of him and put it on Pornhub and label it that. (laughs) You know that man, the red-headed man, who, like, makes those, those, um... The wholesome videos that he puts on... Pornhub? Like, yeah, his name's like Kramer yeah. or something. Because he has like he has like an actual like porn star. That's name. fucking hysterical. But he has a TikTok account, and um, it's not quite oh, as yeah. funny. So I am disappointed. Oh yeah, I think I saw something about him where it's like he's from like a really like his parents are like very religious. From what I heard, they they weren't particularly thrilled. <laughs> Let's talk about the second mass shooting. Uh yeah, that one was in Dayton. Correct? Um. I don't know. It's near Chicago. Oh, oh my God. Was there fucking three? Oh, Lord. I think that... Because... I heard the... the, Yeah. Um, Okay, so this one um, was in Chicago on August 4th. This news article from... Fox LA. Why is it not Fox Chicago? Who knows? But seven people were wounded in a mass shooting um, Sunday, which was the fourth. Um, yeah, they were like in Douglas Park on the west side of Chicago, and this asshole came by and shot people. Yeah, there. By the way, there was uh, another. Are you kidding me? In uh, yeah. So the, the third one was in Dayton. Was in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. Uh, which I think killed eleven. Wow. People. That's absolutely ridiculous. This is all like the same weekend. There's no way that it wasn't yes. like planned together. Um. I so yeah I, I I wouldn't be entirely surprised. I hope um, the FBI is looking into it because it's got to be. Um, I do I do know I do know the shooting in El, in El Paso isn't being investigated yes. as a hate crime because yes. it is. I think one of the, also like one of the I mean obviously this is awful and nothing will be done. Um, yeah. Which um, sounds defeatist because it is because. Uh, I have no faith in the federal government. 
uh, to act on. No, that's fair. I mean, I used to work for the federal government, and I don't have faith in them at fucking all. Sorry, Dad. I know you also work for the federal government. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think a, a big part of it is also that, you know, uh, the, you know, the Senate and, you know, Trump w- just will no, not act on this. No, of course this. They not. They do not care. Um, Trump has already play, uh, already blamed mental illness and video games, so the, you know, the classics, uh, rather than, you know, it can't possibly be guns, yep. um, even though, you know, other countries have video games and mental illness, and Nationals. they don't have people shooting up, sh- you know, shopping malls. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's other horrific ways to commit murder that still happen without guns, but... You have the, the gun, gun makes, makes it, it easier. easier. The gun makes it faster. So when you remove the gun from the equation, you're essentially helping people, like, help themselves. You know, you're creating a societal safety net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as like the whole blaming mentally ill people. Uh, people is mentally ill people. You know, like statistically, are more victims, likely to be exactly. the victims of violent crime than perpetrators. Um, I'm a mentally ill person, and if given a gun, I wouldn't shoot people. I'd shoot uh, myself. Yeah, big fucking mood. If I was given a gun, I would freak the fuck out and probably accidentally shoot myself. Cause I uh, really, they make me nervous. Which I think is a valid yeah, thing, and I think fair. it should be the only response someone has to a gun. Um, okay. Um, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation is coming in clutch with that good, good news. Um, Penn Department of Trans- Transportation, otherwise known as PennDOT, um, has decided to create a gender-neutral option on um, Pennsylvania uh, driver's licenses. Yeah, I'm. I have mixed feelings about this because, on one hand, yes, it's obviously better than not having, um, you know, a gender neutral marker. But I also believe that gender markers shouldn't be on licenses. That would be the best thing, you know. But um, I don't know. Especially because I, I, I just have a concern that you know, a a gender neutral marker on your license is. Um, a group, a way that's going, it's going to expose people to bigoted yeah. cops um, in a, sort of a more direct yeah. way. Um, so that's that's my main concern with it. But otherwise, I, I it's definitely a step in the right yeah. direction um, for the fact that a, a government uh, agency in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, which is traditionally, uh, internally, a very conservative mm-hmm. state. Um, is I think that in terms of acceptance, it's a step in the I right agree. Um, I think we can't really know how much of a negative impact it's going to have until it's, like, obviously in practice. Um, and, yeah. I certainly agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, Toni Morrison passed away. Toni Morrison 
was a very, very famous novelist, someone who was very revolutionary in terms of um, just literature in general. Um, yeah. She passed away at the age of 88, so, you know, not crazy old, but also not crazy young, so, like, an okay time to pass. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, she she lived a, a, a long life, uh, and I... Obviously, it's a pr- prolific off- author. Yes. Um, um, she and... passed away as a result of complications from pneumonia. So, um, yeah. illness-based rather than, you know, something else that could be terrible. Um, yeah. She has won the Pulitzer Prize. She was a Nobel laureate. She's a really, really, really cool writer. I don't know if you know who this person is. Joshua Rush. Um, he was on the show Andy Mack. I've heard the na- I think I've heard the name of the show. I'm not familiar with That's the, the man. That's fine. Um, I wasn't either. But um, Joshua Rush, who is 17, just came out as bi, which is great. Yes. He's also Jewish, so like, we stan. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Stocks are fucking plummeting, so, like, that's really scary. The New York Times stock specifically plummeted 20%, like, in the last day or two. So that's really scary. We'll probably have a recession. I'm happy I'm employed. Um, Hillel, please keep me on forever. Sintoya Brown was released from Tennessee prison today, um, which is good. She was granted clemency by uh, Tennessee Governor Bill Haslam. Yeah, she was granted clemency in January, yeah. but she was just um, released like today. Yeah, I actually I didn't realize how long she had been imprisoned. Me either. I thought um, she was only in for a few years. Apparently she's been in prison for like 15, 16 years. Yeah. 15. Yeah, it was... Um, I, yeah, I only found out the other day where it's, um, when it's that she was released, um, there was some article that said, you know, oh, like 15 years. And because the... I think the case had only come up recently, I think, in the public consciousness yes. um, in the past couple years. So that's, I think... But this is a, actually a, like a 15-year-old case. Yeah. That just I think I think some journalist uh, brought it up more recently uh, because it was I think a, a a good example of sort of the injustice uh, in the justice system. Yeah. Um, that sort of really it was really indicative of the kind of strides that we still need to make. Yeah. Yep. Texas is going to loosen its firearm laws, allowing guns in churches and on school grounds. Yeah, that's absolute bullshit. Oh, so. oh fucking course. Yep, this will go into effect on uh, September 1st. I was going to say, you have a mass shooting, and then the next thing you do is, you know, relax firearm laws, because that, that will fix it. Yep. Yep. Hmm fucking disgusting yeah and I, I think one of the things is um, I was looking into this and the I think the shooter in Dayton was taken down by police in under wow. a minute and he's still meet 
he still managed to kill 11 wow. people. Wow. Wow. Oh my god. Have you ever heard the... Not like... It's not like a story, but it's... Because um, it's like something that actually happened. Have you heard of... I want to say it was like... It was the most lethal mass shooting up until the Vegas shooting a few years ago. Um, and it was done by this guy at a bar um, and he was like he wasn't like a Native American well not Native American that's not what I mean to say he wasn't like an American born citizen he was like here for school or something and then he stayed Mm -hmm. Um, I really (laughs) wish I could remember this case right now but that was like one of the most lethal ones and it took the cops like several hours to take him down. So the fact that cops can now take people down in under a minute is, um, frankly, good that they're getting good training, but absolutely gross that that training is needed. And I I think it was because uh, he went, it was, like, in a public place, and so, like, officers were already on the scene. That's true. That's Um, true. I will find this case. Um, The best way to, like hear about it is through the My Favorite Murder episode, so I will send that to you personally, Griffin, and then I'll also post it on our Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona confirms that women can swim topless in city pools. How fun is that? <laughs> I just thought that was something just fun and silly. Yeah. Um, Fox News's Tucker Carlson claims that white supremacy is made up and quote-unquote, actually not a real problem in America. Well, it's because Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist. Uh, yeah. Just thought uh, we should really just hear these words out loud for ourselves. From my mouth, but still. Yeah, and to be clear to people who aren't Jesse, <laughs> who are listening, um, when I say he's a white supremacist, I'm not being hyperbolic. He has uh he's actually propagated Nazi propaganda about Romani people on his television show. Uh, it's... He's, he, like, repeated Nazi propaganda to... I mean, he, he has a very large, I think, following on television. Um, I'm not surprised. Um. So, when I say white supremacist, I mean... He's a white supremacist. Yeah. Um, here's a really interesting quote from him. He says, Just like the Russia hoax, it's a conspiracy theory used to divide the country and keep a hold on power. That's exactly what's going on. Um, like we know that the Russia thing happened. Yeah, um... Yeah, see, we know, but Fox News viewers don't. Because Fox News pundits keep telling them that it didn't happen. Something very, very cool is that um, Israel has just unveiled handwritten diaries of Franz Kafka. How cool is that? Oh. Yeah. It's at the um, Israel National Library in Jerusalem. So, very, very interesting. I, like, would kind of bust a nut to go and see it in person. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to end it on a sad note, um, which is that the Taliban um, led an attack in Kabul that killed um, at least 14 people and wounded more than 140 people. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, and this was in the midst of peace talks with uh, the U.S. Great. A fucking course. Um, so, uh, definitely a... Step in the wrong direction. Yes, I agree. For that, um, yeah, um, really is not going to end up helping Af- Afghanistanis in general. Like, but that's obviously not something that the Taliban cares about. So, yeah, um, there was actually a similar incident in Cairo. Egypt. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, where a there was a car bomb that killed um, killed twenty people and injured uh, at least 47 others um, and it's being considered a terrorist related incident uh, according to the Egyptian government yeah it's a terrorist incident um, and I'm gonna blame it on Leo season newsflash all Leos are terrorists <laughs> um, so yeah I, one of the, the worst parts of it is that it was they bombed a hospital um, that what the was fuck? Cancer patient. Uh, that was treating cancer page- patients. The at least uh, seventy-eight cancer patients uh, who were being treated there have been transferred to other Good. facilities. Um, I don't know how many other patients uh, were seeking care there. Yeah, and then at least forty-two people were killed in a drone strike in Libya, um, which was carried out by the forces of a rebel general named. Khalifa Haftar. Mm-hmm. Not with um, Khalifa. So it, it, no. Um, but they... Uh, the strike hit a town hall meeting. Yeah. The Haftar's forces uh, deny targeting civilians, but I think if you target a town hall meeting, I think that's questionable. Yeah, I agree. In more news on Venezuela, the U.S. has uh, implemented sanctions on the Venezuelan government. Um and even in even just um, Venezuelan citizens, it says all property and interest and property of the government of Venezuela that are in the United States are blocked and may not be transferred, paid, exported, withdrawn, or otherwise dealt in. Um, so um, this essentially completely freezes um, all trade with Venezuela. Wow. Uh, and all pretty almost all economic ties with Venezuela in a country that's already being hit hard with uh, food food shortages Mm -hmm. and you know internal uh domestic problems so it's i'd say a a pretty heavy-handed you know use of sanctions yeah Um, for sure kind kind of a blunt instrument also in um latin america there are protests in honduras at uh over the demanding the resignation of the president juan orlando hernandez Yeah, so, th- and uh, the protests have, are uh, related to allegations that Hernandez was connected to drug smuggling and that he, he took drug money in his, uh, to finance his 2013 presidential campaign. Um, so the protests have turned sort of violent and destructive with uh, several buildings being uh, set on fire and police using tear gas and water cannons. Whoa. Okay. It's... We'll see how it 
develops, but you know, thousands of people were protesting in the Capitol, ca- uh, calling the president a quote narco dictator. <gasps> okay. <laughs> wow. All right. So, in there's a food crisis in Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, that's not really surprising. Yeah, with um, more than five million people, um, which is about a third of the population of the country. Um, they need food aid, according to the World Food Program, uh, which is part of the UN. Um, the program has launched a 33, uh, uh, sorry, $331 dollar appeal um, mm-hmm. to uh, help uh, aid Zimbabwe in the crisis, uh, which is the effect uh, effect of some environmental disasters. Um, mm. But nearly. Um, 2.5 million people are uh, considered to be on the cusp of starvation. Wow. Um, for people who are not... Well, sorry. People who are listening who may not know, I almost said for people who aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a different story. If you aren't listening, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but for people who don't know, and also probably Griffin, you might not know this, um, they've done studies, and by they, I mean like the UN. Yeah. Um, studies have been done that show that like nine out of ten times, if not a higher like percentage or frequency than that, um, starvation and food shortages are a direct result of poor governance mm. and not um, the fault of any other sort of thing. You know, it's not something that like can just happen naturally. Like governments, good governments will plan ahead and plan ways to essentially make sure that their citizens don't starve or aren't, like, at risk for starvation. So, like, they can sometimes buy food from farmers and, like, save it or, you know, like, they will subsidize imports. Um, And so what we're seeing... But sort of disaster relief uh, plans and programs exactly so what we're seeing here with zimbabwe is directly a result of poor governance which is why i said i wasn't surprised yeah so So, um there have been sort of natural disasters a terrible there's a terrible drought there was a cyclone that i think caused like massive flooding um but it's it is also true that um uh experts are attributing um at least a significant part of the crisis to um there's been a lot of economic turmoil in Zimbabwe recently. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that sort of ties into what you're saying is that um, there is, there's a sort of a failure from economic leadership and I think governmental leadership to really um, plan ahead. An Australian woman uh, with terminal cancer has become the first person to uh, utilize a new uh, assisted dying law. Um, oh. Um, so it was. So this only um, this law only exists in the state of uh, the territory of Victoria, um, but it's being considered in other states. Uh, in the legislation, uh, which ca- only came into effect in June, uh, allows terminally ill patients t- um, who meet certain requirements um, to access lethal drugs in order to end their lives. 
uh, it's obviously controversial. Um, the law is designed for people who are in se severe pain and has like um, mm. nearly 70 safeguards uh, in place in order to, you know, make sure that this is something that is actually right for the, the patient. Um, yeah. But it, it is obviously a, a controversial decision about whether or not someone should have the, you know, uh, right to end their lives on their own terms. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think there's sort of been a debate about that sort of going back and forth in the U.S. for a long time. So. Yeah, that's true. I think it's only legal in like a few, few states here. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but Boris Johnson what is the yes. new... We did mention him. Um, ...new prime minister. Um, but in recent weeks, he has visited um, Scotland um, in order to... Scotland. Uh, ...talk about sort of the, I guess, partnership uh, with the Scottish government. Um, upon arriving at uh, Boot House, which is the sort of the Scottish you know, equivalent of the White House. Um, mm. He was uh, booed and heckled by a Scottish nice. crowd. Um, Good. Which is rather unsurprising, considering um, uh, Johnson's sort of history with the Scottish people. Well, let's see. So, uh, he once called for Scottish people to be blocked from becoming Prime Minister because, quote, government by a Scot is just not conceivable. Um, what? And uh, he called for Gordon Brown to be blocked from the prime minister's seat um, uh, on the account of mainly because he is a Scot. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Um, and when he was, he was the editor of a magazine called uh, the, sorry, it, yeah, an editor of a magazine called The Spectator, um, which uh, when he was, uh, he once published a poem uh, called for, uh, which called Scots uh, tartan dwarves uh, who were, quote, polluting our stock, suggest and then suggested that the country should be turned into a ghetto so that the Scots could be exterminated. Um, hey, UN, you know how you were always, like, on Israel for, like, being dicks? Maybe be, like, on Boris Johnson for, like, one minute. Yeah, the, the poem also, um referred to Scottish people as the verminous Scottish race. What the fuck? And I'm sure that the author of, and both Johnson and the author of that attempt at a poem would uh, argue that it was meant to be a satire, but I think uh, using the words of, you know, bigotry when you actually believe them isn't satire. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I think even using them in satire yeah. isn't acceptable. Like That's certainly a concern, um, especially regarding um, thoughts about whether or not uh, Scotland will renew its attempts to gain independence from the UK. Oh, I'm sure they're going to try even harder now. Uh, they should. Especially considering that it is likely that there will be a no-deal Brexit, uh, considering the EU has stated that they are going they refuse to negotiate further that's fair and given johnson's horrific record uh regarding the eu uh considering he hates them and they hate him 
Hmm. Um, it's I I don't think any further negotiation is going to go anywhere. Uh, Taysock of Ireland, or at the uh, sorry, yeah. Um, the Taysacks of Ireland. Taysock, yeah. It's it's the word for the Irish Prime Minister. Okay, well, uh, I was talking about the Jewish disease. Oh no, uh, um, but no. Uh, Leo <laughs> Varadkar has stated that um, he doesn't believe that there should be a vote on Irish unity uh, following Brexit. Um, there absolutely should be. What the what the heck? Um, but Varadkar has also stated that he believes that there won't be a No Deal Brexit. So. Um, oh, so he's delusional. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I wouldn't take anything he says about regarding Brexit as in any way informed or intelligent. Um, but that's all. That's all the news I have. Uh, sorry, because it was one hundred percent downers. <laughs> yeah, we really look. That's why the topic this week is fucking light as hell. Yes. Um. It's not why. The reason that I texted you this and I was like, let's record on this, was because that was one of the things that just kept fucking coming up at this stupid training I was at. Yeah. Like, and I say stupid because this, just this one conversation was absolutely inane and was driving me batshit crazy. Like, so, there's a wide age range of people that I work with. Yeah. I'm the youngest. Um, there's also people who are, like, literally just a year older than me. But then there's also people who are, like... 65, 70. Mm-hmm. And I am damn tired of old people saying that my students, people Cass's age and younger, are millennials. They're not. Um, and I'm going to let throw hands, I swear to God. Yeah. And I, I think largely this is, um, there's a problem where people will say millennials when they mean teenagers. Um, yeah, which, they're called teenagers. <laughs> um, which also, even if you, like, if even if you mean teenagers, we, most teenagers are what would be considered Gen Z, which is the generation after millennials, um, if mm-hmm. you believe in generations. The thing is, even the, the oldest members of Gen Z are, you know, 21 or 22. <laughs> Yeah, like, I could be considered Gen Z. Yeah. Personally, I consider myself Gen Z just because... Yeah, and... I f- really feel a kinship with my 18-year-old brother and his friends. That's fair. And I think it's... There's a lot of different definitions. I was, I was actually looking about whether or not, like, there was a clear-cut definition, and... There's no actual consensus. Yeah, the, the, the closest thing I came to a consensus was either, um, you know... The cutoff is either 97 or, like, 96. Um, yes. And that was the closest thing is, you know, it's like, if you're born in 96 or earlier, you're a millennial. If you're born in 97 or afterwards, you're, you know, uh, you're Gen Z. And that was the closest thing I came to, like, a consensus. Mm-hmm. But I saw ones like, oh, if you're born in 2000, you know, two, you know, people born in 2000 or later are Gen Z. And I saw one from some, there was a Canadian group that said like 93 and earlier uh is like urgency is you know 93 and later um and then they didn't mm. but that's the thing is that that group also didn't make a distinction like they didn't have millennials as a group because they combined that's weird they combined um they combined gen x and millennials mm. um 
in, into I would what argue group? that that 96 and later distinction is probably the most accurate one because the main divider between millennials and Gen Z, in my opinion, and I think, I actually have a feeling that you'll agree with this, is whether or not 9-11 is in those people's living memory. Yes. Like, I don't really remember it. Like, I've heard stories about, like, when my mom picked me up the day that 9-11 happened. She picked me up from, like, daycare. Yeah. So, like, I don't remember it. Like, I remember more vividly telling my brother that because he was born in 2001, he was the reason 9-11 happened and that my mom was mad at me. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that that's really a big difference um, is, you know, people my brother's age um, and to, I think, a lesser extent, your age, because um, you, you're, you're 97, right? So I think you're... Yep, 97. So you're two years older than my brother. Um, but Donovan was two when 9-11 happened. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't remember shit about it. Yep. Um, yep. And I actually don't really remember a whole lot about it because my parents were, you know, they were very keen to keep me away from the TV. And um, you said you guys were moving, we were moving when it happened. Yeah, we were moving. Like, we moved three days later. So, like, I think I was just, like, the house was a mess. Um, there was a lot going on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for a young kid. Yeah, because I, 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 I was six, and so it, it was, there was a, you know, it, it was a big exciting thing. I'm moving, you know, in three days, and um, my parents were, like, but, like, everyone, like, my age, so, like, almost all of my classmates, I think at one point when I was in, like, middle school or high school, all, like, at one point we did sort of some, I don't know why we did this, but there was an exercise in some class or something where everyone was going around and telling, like, their memories of 9-11, and every yeah, and, like may, there were maybe like me, and then maybe like two other kids out of like you know like twenty something kids who didn't have a story about their memories of nine eleven. Yep. But like, if that was something done with someone your age or like Donovan's age, most of us wouldn't remember. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah, and so like that—that's actually something that a lot of experts have said. Like, if you can remember, sort of what life was like. Like, if you remember 9-11 and you remember how that, ch- like, how life changed yes, after Yes, that's 9/11. the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, that's a big thing. It's like, I, I don't really have good memories of how life changed, um, which is, I'm sort of, like, very end of what would be considered millennial anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't, because, you know, I don't, I didn't fly super frequently as a kid. Um, oh, okay. Um, or that, I, I mean, I actually, you know, we, we fl- we, we flew, but I don't really remember flying all that much. And so, like, mm. I don't remember the, diff- like, differences, like, about, you know, having, you know, oh, suddenly, you know, the TSA is, like, way more strict or, you know. And, I mean, the main thing I remember is that, like, you know, growing up about sort of that era is I knew my parents hated George W. Bush. Yeah. And I knew... I knew my parents didn't like him either, but that's because they were good Jews. I don't think it was for any other particular <laughs> reason. Um... Yeah, no, I just remember my parents um, hated George W. Bush, and, you know, they liked Al, I think they liked Al Gore, um, and that's really, that's yeah. the only thing I remember from that, sort of that election cycle, um, because I was, you know, five. No, you would have been younger. Um, wasn't it Kerry, Kerry or Kerry whatever? Kerry was 2004, wasn't he? Oh, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember. I remember. That's the one that I remember because I remember I wanted to have a political debate with my friends who were all like seven, <laughs> and they were like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Who did your parents vote for? Who did yours vote for? Mine voted for this." And I found out that all of my my friends' parents were Republicans, and I was like, "I can't be friends with these people anymore." <laughs> I knew at a young age. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think all, all of my parents' friends were... Your friends' parents? Oh, no, your parents' friends. Yeah, all of my parents' friends were liberal-leaning. Okay. I don't know about all of my friends. I'm actually... Yeah, no, I, I know all of my... I think my... I didn't really have that many friends until I was, like, in school. Um, like, I had a couple. That's fair. But, like, you know, like... Um, but, like... It was mostly like the the friends I had before I was in school were kids I knew from daycare who I eventually went to school with, and yeah. my next door neighbor, and then like the kids of my parents' friends, and then all of my parents' friends were, you know, doctors, um, and y- yeah. like young doctors too. So oh, okay, uh, they yeah, you know yeah, they, they they weren't a lot of smart young people. Yeah, so they they were, like, you know, they weren't, you know, the cardiac surgeon uh, who's a Republican because he wants to keep making, you know, $600,000 a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about, like, generational memory. I mean, you mentioned earlier, like, that some people don't even believe in, like, generations. So, like, do... What is your take? Do you believe in generations or... Um... What, yeah. I mean, so, like, I think, sir, like, there is a certain degree to which, like, the whole... Like, and I think the 9-11 example is a good thing, right? Uh, is sort of... There's... You you can, I think, group people in sort of certain groups where it's like... Like that, where it's like, you know, if you can remember life before 9-11, you're going to be sort of... You know, nostalgic for that 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 kind of like that peace and security that you know no longer exists in the world, and the world's become a lot more complicated. And but if you grew up your entire life in that wor- world where, or all of your you know life that you have memories about, you, that's going to be a slight a slightly different experience where mm-hmm. you're gonna if you know life has always been complicated and grim, you're gonna be just sort of. I think less inclined to, you know, nostalgia for some sort of, you know, idyllic, you know, past before nine eleven. Um, yeah. Because you, you don't you don't remember it um, because you you know weren't alive you you don't you were just too young to remember um, or what have you. Yeah. Um, but like I think there there is also like definitely, you know, I think. You know, generational trends are often like really overblown, because um, you know there was, you know, um, there's always those you know things. It's like, oh, you know, millennials are this. This is like I found one where it's like, you know, millennials are less confident in the you know the country's future than you know previous generations. Well, duh. Yeah, but if you look at the stats from you know, 1994 when you know. It was, you know, people who were, you know, Gen X um, at that time. You'll find that, you know, Gen Xers were, you know, equally, you know, concerned about this, you know, this 
Great Nation's Future. And before that, mm-hmm. you know, in this back in, you know, the 70s, the boomers were equally concerned about the, you know, or were more concerned yeah. about, you know, the future than, you know, the previous generations. And so I think, like, part of it is, like, the whole generational thing is, it's just young people are going to be young people. And, yes. and, and <laughs> you know, older people are going to, you know, dislike that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, young people tend to be, they're not going to have as much faith in, you know, the future of the country. You know, they're going to be a little bit more reckless, a little bit, you know, more, I don't know, not quite as responsible. Um, mm-hmm. or, or at least they'll be not, you know, be perceived as not, not, not quite as responsible. Um, so, like, there's definitely part of it which is like that is overblown but I, I, I do think there's the kind of thing where it's like if you grow up if you grew up in a time where you know there's ongoing um, conflict in the Middle East and there's a huge economic recession and then there's a rise in far-right extremism and all of this mm-hmm. it's gonna be like that's gonna shape your outlook as a person if you grow up as a child during that and so, yeah. like, I think that definitely you can form sort of a somewhat of a generational identity from that, um, sort of, if that's on yeah, your mind. Yeah, based off of a lived experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, like... I mean, I agree with that. I would love to... Like, I feel like it would be so nice to be able to say, like, oh, generational markers, like, indicate that this generation likes to do this thing or like people are people who are in this generation are like this you know and like categorize people in a certain way and like that's just not the way that the world is um and I think oftentimes like older people tend to get bogged down in that categorization it's all um ultimately silly and pedantic and pointless but um at least at the end of the day you and i can go to sleep knowing that we're not fucking baby boomers (laughs) yeah that's fair um yeah i don't know i guess i'm feeling like a little like uh disheartened about it because i just like was listening to old people be like young people are soft um i think it's a particular breed of softy that comes to the school that i'm working at and also like the the older people were saying um they a lot of what they were talking about in particular was that safety is has become almost conflated to the point of not allowing for discomfort that then creates like personal emotional academic growth stuff like that but i think what they mean to say is that the cultural sort of like conversations have shifted in a way uh in such a way that now younger people can uh what's it called can sort of leverage that knowledge and that um new use of the word safe to almost um to almost just like avoid stuff Mm. you know like i think people know what they're doing yeah and i mean i i think there is like it's not inherently an awful argument i just think it's a disingenuous one i agree um 
because I think largely it's used to be like, oh, you guys don't want to read about racism. Well, racism exists, and it's, you know, but it's largely, you know, people of color being like, actually, um, we know racism exists because we experience it, and we want a place yeah. where we don't have to experience it for just Which is 10 fair. minutes. <laughs> and it's, it's like, yeah. um, um, where it's like, the whole thing with safe spaces, it's like, yeah, as a bi person, I want to just go place, you know, uh, go somewhere where, you know, just for 20 minutes, or, you know, you know, an hour that I can just sit there and not have to be, you know, not have to worry about, you know, someone, you know, insulting me or attacking me, uh, for my mm -hmm. sexuality. Um, yeah. And that's what a safe space is. Like you and I, we're on the same page. Yeah. Like we know that that's what a safe space is. And I wonder if perhaps, um, maybe it's a school thing, the one that I'm at, or if it's like an actual thing that's being shifted because they were saying, um, that students have come to like RA, like res life people and said, I don't feel safe in my dorm room. And then when asked like, why don't you feel safe? Um, they were, they said that they didn't feel safe because their roommate leaves the lights on too long. Um, and then the res life person said, okay, well, like, talk to them. Have you talked to your, yeah, have you talked to them? And the person was like, no, I haven't. Like, I wonder, like, I don't know. I don't even know what I wonder because I just don't understand. Yeah, I mean, like, I also feel like sometimes those... Why the word's being used bad. I don't know. I, I think sometimes <laughs> when people tell those stories, they leave out details or they exaggerate certain features. That's what I'm thinking. Features. Um, and so, like, I think it's all Like, I always would want to reserve judgment for that kind of thing. It's like, if, if, if I was, you know, talked to the student or talked to... PRA kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or was like a fly yeah. on the wall. But yeah, and I mean, I think there, there's also like part of it is they all, like, I've seen so many conversations pop up um, regarding it's like uh, trigger warnings where it's like, oh, you just want to, you know, protect yourself from stuff that, you know, you don't want to see. It's no, it's that's like trigger warnings don't stop the material from being discussed or talked about. Yeah. It's just... Yep. It's just a preface. Yeah, it, it's the kind of thing, it's just like, hey, disclaimer. prepare yourself, because we're going to be talking about this. Or, yep. listen, if you have, you know, um, I'll use an example, it's like, if there's a, you know, trigger warning for sexual assault, and you're a sexual assault survivor with PTSD, maybe that's, you know, you shouldn't, that's not a class... That or like a class period that you should attend. Um. Yep, and that's what those things are always like about. You know, trigger warnings are. I've never like not since like 2015 have I seen a trigger warning over something that wasn't for um, rape, sexual assault, um, death, self harm, eating disorders, any kind of mental health thing. Gore. You know? Gore. I've seen ones. Gore, I've yeah. seen ones for like racism and which is fair yeah. and it should be um and i've seen ones for like you know anti-semitism or you know you know 
stuff yes. regarding you know the Holocaust because that's stuff that's legitimately can be traumatic. Um, and it's disturbing, and there's generational trauma that goes along with it. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've seen stuff like that yeah. where it's like, yeah, if. Um, and I, I've mostly seen those, those particular ones were sort of like about you know sexism or uh, homophobia or racism um, on like social media platforms where you know people go it's like because they want to relax. Um, yeah. And it's really it's. I mean, you can say it's about avoiding those like realities or whatever, but like I think a lot of it is it's curating your experience when you. Um, in particular, in a particular place, is like there is particular places where yeah. I think people, like anyone, um, is going to be willing to discuss certain things, but um, you have like there has to be a way in which that is you can guarantee that it's not going to ruin the sort of a particular experience like that's they, they have to be in order for someone to be open to discussing something they have to be there to discuss it like they- yes yes and I think that's something that has I think that's something that's also part of these like generational divides is this understanding of how much energy and emotional labor you can put into things and also like you know, younger people, um, like people like ourselves, or, um, I don't know, people like my brother's age, who's, my brother's 18, I think we have a much better understanding of the importance of a work-life balance, you know, and the importance of not pushing yourself to do other people's emotional labor, or to, like, watch the 24-hour news cycle, you know, like, unlike people like my parents well my parents I say my my mom my dad doesn't do any fucking emotional labor (laughs) but my mom is like always way too invested in like the news cycle and like doing other people's emotional labor for them and she's never like not working in a sense and I think I don't know I think just sort of like some of these things have like trickled down and as a society we're getting a more concentrated understanding of like how to protect ourselves emotionally and that's really been um latched on to by like younger millennials millennials who don't have fucking kids yeah. um and gen z people because we live in a we live in a society we do we do live in a society but we <laughs> we live in a world where we are um I guess being, like, psychologically stressed out a lot more because of the massive amount of information that's being presented to us on a daily basis. Um, And I think growing up in that world, people who are younger have a much better understanding of that. And I think that has, that maybe is part of um, this leveraging of safe spaces and trigger warnings and a really savvy and, in my opinion, helpful way. Yeah. But. Um, and I, I certainly agree with that. I think younger, younger people these days uh, have a much, I think, more nuanced take on mental health. And, and I mean, 
not in every case. I think that's one like, of the I only think, things that we have nuanced takes on. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think that there is a certain degree to which it's not, like, always great, because, like, I think the self-care movement is flawed in some cases. Cause, mm-hmm. like, that's for sure. I've, def- I've definitely seen the kind of things where it's like, oh, like, self-care, stay in bed all day, and, you know, just eat, um, you know, just eat pastries or whatever. It's like, I don't know about you, but if I stay in bed all day and eat pastries, uh, that makes me want to die more because... It's, yeah. Um, Self-care, like, like it may, isn't may, may an be, individualized thing. Oh, sorry. It is an individualized yeah. thing. It's not, like, a prescriptive yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you can't do sort of a one-size-fits-all one thing. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, for I think for a lot of people, you know, self-care can't all be, you know, sunshines and rainbows and treating yourself um, like royalty. It has to be, listen, it's been a, two weeks since you showered. Get the fuck out of bed. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Yeah. I had a thought, and then it just totally scoodoodled away from me. Um... Literally the entire time that we have been recording, my cat has uh, been exhibiting his own version of self-care, which harms me personally, um, because he is playing on the ground with something, exercising himself, hashtag self-care, and (laughs) I am being put under so much stress as a result of having to listen to this fucking rattling. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, probably what I feel like we're saying is that, like, our current understanding of these generational differences is largely in part due to memory um, and then also an understanding of cultural consciousness, cultural being... I mean, obviously, younger people are culturally literate. Yeah. I, so, like, I don't know if that is something that we could say. Well, um, I, I, I feel like there's a certain degree to which if you grow up in a world where everything is kind of oppressively awful all the time, you're going to end up with a lot of depressed people. Um, that's fair. And, and also, we are very much aware of it in ways that previous generations were not. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. It's like you end up having a very... If you have a high rate of mental illness, and I think that's something that I think studies have, you know, at least suggested, is that there's a, high rate, a higher rate of mental illness, or at least diagnosed mental yes. illness among uh, millennials and Gen Z. Um, you're going to be... If all of your friends are, you know, depressed, you're going to be a little bit more conscious of how to deal with depression and how to, you know, help someone with depression than I think, uh, you know, previous generations are, where you just, you know, bottled up all your emotions and then you would die. Um, Yeah. Oh, good old Irish people. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, I think about generations and generational difference just constantly. It's just something that really interests me. I like thinking about, like, oh, were people like this, like, back in the day, in, like, the 60s? Like, what 
what would have been their experience? What did this place look like then? What did people do, like, in, I don't know, Cleveland or whatever the fuck? Um, and then it just kind of, like, came up as a huge part of a larger conversation I was having today. So I thought yeah. it would be a good topic. Yeah, I think it worked. Yeah, I feel like we could have gone on for, like, another fucking 40 minutes, but <laughs> I'm not editing that shit. I will not do it. Um, <laughs> so... Thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully by the time this goes up, we will be able to monetize the podcast so that you guys can pledge your support on anchor.fm so that uh, we will not have to use the Patreon anymore, which is great because I don't want to fucking use it. Cause it's, there's just too many websites for money stuff, and I don't like it, and I would like to have everything centralized. That's going to make my life a lot easier. Um, plus this will make it easier for us to do sponsorship spots. Yes. Like slots when I'm, cause I, it, just the way that the editing works on the new, um, platform, like they, like let me basically plop it in and take it out whenever I want, which is great. I mean, I appreciate it and I will use it. So, um, in the meantime, make sure that you are following us on Twitter, which is the, what I keep most active, I'm going to attempt to be better with the Avocado Toast fans a Facebook group, but I cannot guarantee that I will be better. You can go and like Avocado Toast Podcast on Facebook. You can join the Avocado Toast Lovers group. Um, but more importantly, you should go and follow us on Twitter. That is at Avocado Toast PPN. Griffin is on there as at Sir Griffington, and I am on Twitter as at Jesse underscore Quinn. You got anything else to say? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Okay, right. cool. Thank yeah. you guys for listening. Eat, Eat the, the rich. rich. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.